0: This is NRL Boom Rookies.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bungard and with me today, Nick Campton, hello. We're going to hit you with a hip, hip drop right in the ear. Yep. A um, hip drop of takes. Indeed. And That has very much been the theme of the weekend, starting off with... Friday night's game up in Darwin, uh, Brisbane overcoming Parramatta to uh, extend their uh, s- extend the gap at the top of the NRL ladder, uh, a two-win cushion now to the next best team. Uh, but, Nick, uh, the big story coming out of it was, of course, the three hip-drop incidents in this game, two of which have left them without two of their star players for that top-of-the-table clash this week coming up.
2: Yeah, so we all know that the hip drop crackdown has been going for a couple of weeks now, and it's clear that they're trying to change the way the sport is played in an effort to get rid of these tackles, or at very least minimise the times when they do happen. I think they have now taken things so far that I have no idea what a hip drop is anymore. You know? no clue. there No like For example, the, 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 the Haas one to me was just an unfortunate incident like I thought, Campbell Gellard just kind of got tangled up the wrong way, and it was a whole lot of weight pressing down on him with his legs in an awkward position, you know. But if you're gonna bin Jermaine Hopgood when he's just making a tackle, getting someone from behind, then all of a sudden you like they've just walked themselves into a gray area where now any time that somebody has someone down the down around the hips and and comes down with their weight, regardless of what happens or the circumstances behind it, you know. The, is that a hip drop or is that not? Like, I, I don't know what one is anymore. I don't know what we're looking for. I don't know what they're looking to eradicate in the sport now. And and that's, that's why this is becoming so confusing. Like the, yeah. their, their objective is clear, but their process now has just completely gone by the wayside. You know,
1: I can't remember a time in the sport with us following it where all of us have just been so confused by an incident. Like none of us, you know, we watched, what we watch dozens of hours of rugby league every week. We watch too much rugby league too much. for sure. We spend
2: too much time on it, watching it and consuming it and considering Mm -hmm. it. And you know, we're all like a lot of people we know are involved in the game professionally. So like we're not at the cutting edge of knowledge or anything, but like we know what to look for. We know what stuff looks like. And the fact that none of us can identify what this looks like anymore is a really serious problem.
1: Yeah. So my understanding of it is if someone makes a tackle and the opposition player hurts their knee, it is a hip drop. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like Honestly, I have no fucking idea. I I just don't know anymore, but uh, yeah, uh, Brisbane probably could have fought that one. They didn't with Payne Haas. Uh, Ezra Mams won. I don't think they were going to fight, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about them without those two players next week in the preview show. But for now, let's talk about this game itself. Um, uh b- back to Brisbane's best. I mean, Parramatta kind of made half a contest of it in the second half, but I thought that by half time this game was pretty much wrapped up. I didn't really expect Parramatta to mount any, any sort of serious comeback.
2: Yeah, and it's a really it's a real shame that Ma'am and Haas are going to miss that game against South Sydney, because I thought they were be the two best players. <laughs> you would, but like I thought they were Brisbane's two best players in this game. I know we talk about Haas just about every week, but like you have to keep talking about it. Like he's He's just playing some mighty, mighty football. The The way that he was skittling some of those Parramatta dudes in the first half was like genuinely terrifying. I think Josh Hodgson missed him five times in a single tackle, which I didn't think was possible. But there you go. Payne bending the nature of reality to his will. He was outstanding. I thought Ma'am has probably had like not a quiet couple of weeks, but a couple of weeks where he hasn't really been at his dynamic best. I know he's been carrying a hamstring injury for a little bit, but to me, he really broke the shackles in this game. That try that he set up for Adam Reynolds where he knifed through the pack on the last tackle. First of all, having the the presence of mind and the, and the calmness to assess what was going on in the last tackle and back his running game through the middle of the field. That's really impressive just to begin with. But then the flick pass as well. Like I was hooting and hollering when that happened. And I had no skin in this game. You know, it was just gorgeous, gorgeous footy. And then the other tries they scored the Stags, The Stags try and the Ezra man try itself. Those were just the kind of tries that Brisbane is going to score this year because they're playing with so much effort. You know, those were effort tries. Those were energy tries. And when you add that in to the great attacking structure that they do have, you know, that's part of the reason that they're two wins clear at the top of the ladder. You know, um, Parramatta, I, thought, I think you're right. Parramatta did do well to stop the game totally getting out of control. But to me, this sort of showed that there is a gap between the Eels and some of the best teams in the competition, even if they can match those teams for a certain amount of time. And to my, I'm very upset about this, but the Josh Hodgson stuff's a real problem. Yeah. It's a real problem. And I don't know what they're going to do because just when he's out there, when he, he, he just doesn't, he just doesn't look athletically capable of matching it in the middle of the field with some of these really dynamic forwards that are going to be taking him on all the time. I think thought it was telling, I think this was the first game where he came off, Early and didn't return, you know. I, th- I, th- I think that's that's quite something. I don't know what they'll do about it. I don't know if they'll make the change or pull that trigger. But yeah, I'm. I know everyone's been sort of worried about it for a while. Or para fans have been stressing about it for a while. And I get wanted to give. I want to give Hodgson every single chance. But it's yeah, it's not looking. It's not looking solid.
1: No, and I mean I know a lot of Parramatta fans were excited to reshuffle that backline. No, Simon's and. Was a late return to the side in this one, but thought Sean Russell was pretty poor, and it just seems like they, regardless of how they shuffle those deck chairs around, they're just a couple of players short in that back. Yeah, line.
2: yeah. They're, they're, I think they're one guy short in the backs. Mm-hmm. So they're just one more reliable dude short of a of a really really solid Luke backup.
1: Burt. It, dust it, them off one it's more time. time
2: maybe. LB, bring Run it back. back.
1: But yeah, um, it's it's a weird again. Like it, we say that, like oh. It's difficult to get a read on Parramatta's season yet because of the draw that they've had. And that is a fair point, but um, you know, three and five at this point, one of those wins coming against the ghost of the Bulldogs, basically. Um, yeah. How can you, how good can you feel about this situation right now? If you're a Eels fan,
2: I don't know if they'd feel good. I think we we can stop. I, I think they're stopping short of full blown panic. You yeah. know what I mean? They're not, they're not, they're not quite writing in, in Church Street at the minute, but I think yeah. there is there are some pretty valid concerns, even though that this team is is should still be a team with quite a high ceiling. I thought it was pretty telling how they got kind of bashed up a bit in the middle of the field. The only team that's really been able to do that to them over the last couple of years is Penrith, and Brisbane sort of being able to take that initiative and and go after a lot of these really good Eels forwards. Even even Junior Paulo was sort of getting knocked around a little bit out there. And now that they're losing Campbell Gillard for such yeah, a long that's, period as well, that's a real hammer blow for them um, because he's he's so important. He sort of gives them such a dynamic quality through the middle of the field, a real explosive quality. They have a lot of guys who are really good big minute dudes like Madison and Paulo and Hopgood, but then Campbell Gillard is kind of like their, one of their big playmen through the middle third of the field. So they're, they're very, very much going to miss him. And that was a nasty one. So apparently he's yeah. really struggling just to get up the stairs to the dressing shed. Apparently, yeah. it took him two minutes to go up six stairs. So that's a really, really gnarly one.
1: Awful. and But that that just means uh, a bigger workload again for your man, Wirmu Greg. It's well, his man, forward pack now.
2: <laughs> the mouldy king of Parramatta Absolutely. has arrived. And everybody him. best bow down.
1: But yeah. Um, yeah, Brisbane. Were f- I mean, and, and you mentioned that flick pass for that try. It comes off the back of a bullocking Payne Haas run. And that's just... Brisbane at their best, and when he's running downhill, and their backs are playing with such confidence, it's really difficult to stop them. So, yeah, I'm glad yeah, you they, mentioned, they I'm glad you to mentioned that. Sorry, mate. No, just they just said they continue to impress.
2: Yeah, oh, well, I'm glad you mentioned that they did so much of that fine attacking work off Haas's carry, mm-hmm. because I think that's a dimension that they sort of added to their attack this year. You've, I've been talking for a couple of weeks now. Brie's second stint. Haas is playing a little bit wider, isolating defenders. He's offloading more. I think he's leading the league in offloads at the minute. I think he's offloaded more this year already. That yeah, he right. did almost all of last year, you know. Hmm. But like using him that way as well, using him on 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 tackle four to either create space for the kick or create space for an attacking shift, it's just really good. It's really good to see them hmm. finding ways to get the most out of out of his skill set and what he does well. You know, like all the team can do is play to their strengths. Brisbane's greatest strength is Payne Haas. Wait, wait, why when do you not you... find as many ways to use him as possible?
1: Hmm. When you have a prop that's playing that well, and I, I can't remember what year. It was probably 2014, but I think there was a, a stat at one point that like 20% of George Burgess's play the balls ended in points for South. Some ridiculous stat. It was like always a, a really pierce, good stat. I, I always liked that. Like, one a lot. And when you've just got one of these absolute dynamic props, who just seems like they're running downhill every single time they get the ball. Just so many points can come off the back of that. And they did. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, Brisbane roll on for South. I mean, obviously neutrals will be Bit annoyed that Payne Haas and Roman won't be playing in that one. I think it was a very handsome decision by the match <laughs> review committee. Uh,
2: <laughs> How long should the two should the two of them spend this week in jail so they can att- they cannot attend the match?
1: I think that's only fair. Or yeah. perhaps, um, perhaps they are suspended above the ring in a shark cage during. Should they, the match. Should
2: they be transported to Van Diemen's Land?
1: Maybe. I mean, yeah, yeah. Let's not rule.
2: Just let's 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 just not rule anything out. You know.
1: No, absolutely not. Uh Keanu, every 20 the Cronulla Sharks 33. What a win for the 13 plus punters in this one. <laughs> a field but... goal
2: that is deflected off a player and off the post and then goes <laughs> over. And the 13 what? plus was paying like a buck 70 as well. Like that would have been, yeah. been that would've been that would have been the leg of the multi where the guys were like, you know, well that's definitely getting up. So that's going to yep, be my exactly. anchor. And they made you sweat every second of well, it.
1: I think maybe maybe well I think crazy Ron would have had a few uh people uh pissed at him if they didn't get it up because of that I was going to say the worst bomb try I've seen in a while but uh it wasn't even the worst bomb try of the weekend as it turned out but we'll get to that other one later um this game went about as about how we thought it would go like I mean Canterbury did their best but with the with the number of players they had out it was only going to be a matter of time I think before before the the game got away from them and I mean when Will Kennedy scoring 20 minute hat-tricks yeah, it's not going to be a night. I, I actually, I actually thought Canterbury gave a pretty good. I agree. Yeah, themselves
2: they... in this one. You know, like you look at the scoreline, mm. it's 33-20, right? But that second Will Kennedy try, where he just gets above Perham and takes that kick, that's pretty. That's like that's just a pitch and catch sort of thing. You know, that's yeah. very difficult to defend. And the same is true. A little bit of the Ronaldo mulatalo tap back for God. Matamon. That was
1: just satisfying to watch. That oh, was, it was. Yeah, it was yeah.
2: like a, a great play from Mulatalo. Seamless. But like when he gets up that high, how the hell, how, how can you possibly even defend it? Mm. You know, so you can't. To me, I know, I know the the Sharks scored thirty three points, but I actually thought Canterbury's defensive systems held up pretty well under under the pressure, especially considering they have they have so many um, different guys out. But to me, the Sharks just really played to their strengths in this one, and the strength is their ability to attack down both edges of the field, you know, Heinz just gives them so much adaptability in the way that they do want to attack, you know, and Kennedy continued his excellent form. He's just playing, he's had a, just such a great season. It's really great to see him find that consistency that he had in, um, in 2021 when he was the club's player There, It's great to see him get back to, to that place. And yeah, while this might've might been a little bit perfunctory for the Sharks, I think it's important that they just had a win like this, a win like where they play their strengths, and things work out, and you just sort of chalk it down and move on. You know, like they've had some very dramatic wins and dramatic losses this year. Yeah. And I think it was good for them just to have a game that sort of is a bit of a return to normality, a bit of a just a bit of a stable kind of win, a, um, a
1: get right game, as they call it sometimes.
2: That's the one. Yeah. I thought um, Britson Nicola was really good down the right edge again. He's enjoying, I think, probably maybe the most sort of complete season of his career. He's had really good attacking seasons in the past where he's won, run really good lines. Off, um Sean Johnson and Matt Moylan and Nico Hines, but he looks to have added a little bit more to his game this year, which mm. is really good to see. Um, yeah. So I, th- I think, yeah, like, w- like we said, the sharks needed to get right game and they've kind of got one, you know, so maybe they have now got right.
1: Hopefully for their sake. Yeah. Um- yeah, Bulldogs. Just, I mean, they're. Kind of, I was shocked to see they're so low on the ladder. And, and your brother said to us today that uh, it doesn't seem right that they're sixteenth. And you know what? I agree with him. It doesn't feel like they're the, they've been the second worst team in the league this year.
2: Yeah, I think they're just hanging out until they can get some some mm-hmm. guys back. Um, particularly in the forwards where they're still just pretty pretty decimated. You know, and like you know, maybe they were a little bit lucky to to be as close to the Sharks as they were, even though I did think they played okay because that that Corey Waddell try like that pass is a good from Matt Burton is a
1: good three four oh, yards forward that that was uh that was a bad miss from the officials so i think it's absolute, fair to say,
2: absolute shock but you know again I, I think they did okay i think there's a version of this game where they lose by 40 and the sharks True. just like totally tool on them um but they mm-hmm. stuck with it and it's good to see declan casey have a good game because like his debut against the sharks last year was just such a such a bloody disaster in horrid conditions oh just awful so like i think when you can see when he scores the try and he does the monkey off the back celebration you can that see that, it, that you can see that it did mean a fair bit to him and i think he's got a bit about him as a player as well so that was good to see but yeah the, the dogs are kind of just in a holding pattern until some of the troops return but the problem is some of them might not be back for a while so the holding pattern's going to going to stay around for a while and they could very easily see their season slip away a little this is three losses on the trot now and three games where they have conceded over 30 points you know so while 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 i do agree they are maybe a little bit better than their position on the ladder Hmm. um, i also want to start seeing like a a a, a little bit more a little bit more of a defensive resolve wouldn't wouldn't go astray, you know
1: no i think that i think that's fair um the Cowboys, 18, the Knights, 16, got away with one. Snuck home. I mean, we were we were with friend of the show, Harry Ramage, and a couple of other guys, and he was obviously, as a big Knights fan, willing the boys on. Uh we'd already arranged for the bar to play better by screaming Jets at full time if the if the Knights got up, which we in hindsight probably probably played our cards a little bit too early on that one. But uh Sometimes you, you gotta know. call your shot. I mean, it's it's stupid to call games must win at this point in the season, but with the way the cows have started the season, this was pretty – as close to a must win as you can get in the first eight weeks of a campaign, and, jeez, they they had to work hard for it.
2: They did. They did. But I think there were some promising signs for the cows. I thought they got their – I know they only scored the three tries, but I think they got their attack a lot more right just because they kind of played to their strengths a little bit more than they have been, and their strengths are using their structures to create – chances for Scott Drinkwater. He set up the first two tries and then sort of letting some of their power and speed athletes get a bit of clean ball and letting them do something with it. Like that Val Holmes break that led to the Tom did and try. There's nothing pretty in the setup there. It's just about getting Val the ball with a little, little bit of room, you know, and he's able to barrel over this over the top of someone like Dom Young, you know? So I agree that this was pretty close to desperation stakes for the Cowboys but without Jason Talmalala against a Knights team that's shown a fair bit about him, you know, they, they really, I think they dug deep and they found a little bit of that, a bit of that steel that they had for for so much of last year, you know, um, what did you, what did you think of that last try to did the, the I, like live, I thought the pass from Holmes was for it or at least forward out of the hands, but you know, they, they, they did clear it in the end. What did you sort of, market? I,
1: I, live i thought forward replay i thought it's probably fine mm. um yeah i agree although what did you say at the time you thought it was forward out of the hands but went backwards somehow which yes. doesn't make sense but it kind of does make sense
2: yeah i thought it's i thought it defied the laws of physics i thought it was an affront yes. to the an affront to the laws mm. of men and gods but um you know sometimes that's what you got to do to get your season rolling so if the cows made some sort of pact with the devil like if they beat if they if one of the cowboys beat the devil in a fiddle contest. And guaranteed a victory for his team, then you know, sometimes you gotta do whatever it takes.
1: Which Shucks, uh, which knights player would get the smaller silver fiddle?
2: Oh well, hang on, first, which cowboys player would have won the fiddle would have won the fiddle contest with the devil?
1: Uh Josh, uh, drinkwater feels like a guy who would without ever playing a fiddle before, enter into a fiddle competition. With the I devil. feel
2: like he would have the confidence to pick yes. up the fiddle and, and make something out of it.
1: How hard can it be? He would say.
2: Yeah. Ruben Cotter has played a fiddle before. He absolutely. Several times in his life, yeah. but I don't know if he, I think he's only got a couple of songs in his repertoire. I don't know if he's Kyle, got to complete. With Kyle Felt
1: head. will just like, it'll just work out somehow. <laughs> it, so it could be Kyle Felt.
2: Yeah. um, I thought, Re, speaking of Ruben Cotter, I thought he was really strong up the middle of the field. And I actually think that's a big part of the reason that the cows were able to get the better of the Knights. I thought the the Knights carried the ball strongly through the middle third, but they were a little loose around the middle defensively. And they have been that way for a couple of weeks in patches. Um, But in this one, I felt like there were a lot of chances up the middle of the field for the cows to make really easy meters. You know, I thought that the Knights just put a little bit of pressure on a little bit too much pressure of themselves in that regard. And, and with some of their um, attacking choices as well, but I did really like, I did really like, some of the signs from Kalen Ponga. Like, of course, it's great just to see him out there and and getting through the match unscathed and 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 not playing with any hesitation. Like, he was still throwing himself around the way he always has. But I liked the way that he fitted into some of the structure. Like, for example, I liked the, the try that he set up came down the right-hand side. He hasn't done a whole lot of work down the right-hand side no. through a lot of his career. So if him playing 5'8 is him getting out the back of shape on both sides of the field... Then it's something I feel like I could really get behind. So that's still a work in progress, but it's something that if I was a Knights fan, I'd be very tantalised by the post by some of the possibilities that were shown.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, although that last play of the game, maybe not.
2: Yeah, that one not as much. So <laughs> a little a little bit of background. This was I think there was five of us watching the yep. game, and Harry was their mad Knights fan. Was on our Knights preseason podcast where he tipped him to come last. He like. Did a very knowledgeable Knights man, but also rather fatalistic. And like, why wouldn't he be? And when they were packing that, when the Knights were packing that scrum, we polled the electorate. Every single one of us thought they were going to score except for Harry.
1: And he was right.
2: And he was right. So that tells you something. I don't know what, but it tells you something.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Good to get, Caleb. It's a shame. I I thought the Knights played well enough to win. There's a couple of games now that I think the Knights have... Played well enough to win and and just haven't got it done. Again, they're another one who I think are kind of misrepresented by their ladder position. I think again, three wins through the first eight rounds what? doesn't really? seem. Yeah, three that, wins and that, a draw. Feel,
2: that really doesn't feel right, yeah. does it?
1: No. So yeah, they're sitting down in eleventh. I feel like they probably deserve to be a little bit higher than that. But again, there's still two thirds of the season to go, so no harm done. Yeah, but the Cowboys absolutely sorely needed this. I mean, they would be they would be anchored to sixteenth right now if they'd lost this game. So. Um, yeah, just just a very big win for them in the very context important. of their season. <laughs> oh, God. Oh man, that's a joke that never gets old.
2: I'm I'm pumped. I'm pumped for this next one. I'm pumped to talk about the battle on the pitch.
1: I thought about bringing Dropper it like its hunt back. Well, but we said think... we wouldn't because it's it's not nice. So we said we weren't going to do it. But oh. also, Robert Jennings.
0: So from right to left. pimps in the crib, ma.
1: Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. One week yeah. only. We're not One doing week it again. Only. Ro- We're Rob, not doing it again. Rob,
2: I'm sorry. If they'd lost the game, I probably would have put the yes, kibosh on this. Yeah, since they won, we can laugh about it. They won the game and he scored a try. So he can laugh at it now. Like, that Jared is- Wallace was laughing about it in the, in the player interview Good. after the match on, 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 on Fox League. So...
1: That is... But unquestionably, the worst bomb
2: try. What did he think was happening? So apparently, he thought that if he got up and scored, it would be a double movement.
1: Oh well, I guess that kind of explains it, at least. But, he, but also, no, but
2: he thought he thought he'd been tackled.
1: Yes, no, I understand that. That no, kind but, of makes but, sense. But
2: how can he have thought that?
1: Did someone touch him before he fell over? No. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> what was what was your favorite part of this? Mine, I think was Cody Nicorima having the whip in the air as soon as Jennings touched the ball. <laughs> and then when Jennings hits the ground, he comes over and he like sprays him like hardcore, yeah. like as yeah. much as I've ever seen a player spray a teammate on the field. I think that was my favorite part of it.
1: Uh, that was pretty good. The entire pub that we were in going, what the fuck at, at basically the same time. Well, I, I also liked
2: say. how they. I also liked how everybody then got behind Robert Jennings. Yeah, everyone. But when he cheered, had, the, when, the, he had the, when he had the set, when he went over again, everyone went up. Everybody on the bus aloud,
1: stood up and clapped. Everybody when he booed, later.
2: and then when he actually mm. scored it, we all went up again. So, yep. <laughs> Robert James, um, the, the the sports bar at West Leagues Club, we yep, had you back. Even we when did. No one else did.
1: Bobby one try, and uh, let's—it's not worth thinking about when he played on the left wing for South and scored twenty tries in a season. Well, it's not he, worth thinking. He about He showed
2: that. today that catching and falling is not as—it's not as easy as everyone makes out.
1: That's my boy. Thank <laughs> you, thank you, Bobby. Four tries. Thank you. But yeah, the game itself—I mean, we did say on the preview show and to each other on the way to West today that weird shit just happens when the Titans play, and we were we were adamant that there would be weird shit of some variety we were, in this we were, game. We
2: were we were certain. That yep. something strange would happen. At least one strange thing would happen. And, it turned you know, out many strange things happened.
1: Uh like every middle scoring a try basically was strange. Chris
2: Randall scoring a runaway try yep. to to open the match. Like we should have known then that mm. that shit was afoot. Like yes. that stuff was going on. You know, it's just uh, it- <laughs> it, it's just it, it. Honestly, they're just they are the wildest fucking team. I've seen in a really long time. Hate the, the, only to support team, them. <laughs> the only team that I think is a little bit like him is the Raiders, but back when like twenty six like twenty fifteen-sixteen era Raiders and then a little few years after where they could score as many points as they needed, but they couldn't really defend a savers. Also, like they would win they would win a game 36-30 or mm. some some shit weird shit like that. Or they'd be up thirty-six six and let in four tries in ten minutes just to make you sweat. You know, so all I think right. that's the best version of this. And then these Titans are the the strangest version of this, man. I both can and can't believe that they lost this game. Like they are, it is footy played by lunatics for lunatics. When they were up 26 0 I said to all the boys, I said, you know, the Titans have never scored 50 in a you game. Maybe today's the
1: day, mm. but then. But well, then there it, was 50 it, points it, scored. They just didn't <laughs> score any more of them. So, <laughs> oh man. I. Uh, you, you and Aiken, proving why he never passes.
0: Just well, runs yeah,
1: like, runs thought, straight and hard. Well, running running straight and hard is kind of what got him back into the
2: game because yeah. the, the Dolphins themselves scored a lot of tries up the middle. Jared Wallace setting up a try and then scoring a try in the space of two minutes and unbelievably throwing up the fin
1: when the boys were still down by eight. And I remember I said what I said a you play. can't do that when you're down ten. But he made me. But he made he
2: made it work. He made you eat your words. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> like this is this is this is like this is remarkable. This is this is the equal biggest comeback in Australian rugby league history. That's crazy. Twenty six from twenty six nil down, just absolutely incredible. And the thing, what like they had two, they had bomb. Robert Jennings bombed those two tries in the second half. Yeah, so they could have won this game by you know fifth well like fourteen points, easy.
1: What was your favorite play in the game? Because mine, I think, was when AJ Brimson was streaking the other way in an attempt to stifle the comeback and then tried to throw a ridiculous pass with no to, one in front of him, with no one in front of no him, no one in front of him, AJ, tried you're to,
2: incredibly fast. You know tra- that
1: tried to throw it to Khan Pereira and it got intercepted and it was a counter attack. And the Titans, were, uh, the Dolphins were suddenly sprinting back the other way. I can't remember what minute that was, but that was towards the end of the game. Just That amazing. play was, that play just summed up this game. I think you don't just see amazing. things like that. It's bizarre. So my,
2: fa- my favorite play of the game is, is the Robert Jennings bombed try. Of course. But the, the, the other one is when you and Aitken scores the try that turns out to be the winner, watch the mm. replay again and have a look at Robert Jennings when it happens. His eyes are like dinner plates. He is like really hulking out, you know, you can see the veins in his neck pulsating. He's like, I have just gotten out of jail, friend, and I'm going to celebrate it, you know? Good on oh, him. Oh, man. I, I think from from like a we've, – we've had some fun with this, but from a fr- proper footy perspective, I think mm. – the big issue here for the Titans was just like an inability to sort of use their bench the way that they would have liked to like Foddle Waker was fantastic. Again, in the middle of the field, he ran for over 200 meters. Tino was good as ever. David Favita really good as well, but Tom McKayla who made his club debut, he barely played. Cruz Leeming, he barely got on the field. Jaden yeah. Campbell only came off the last five well, minutes. Like when you've got a hooker and a utility on your bench, yeah, it's really asking a lot of your forward. So I'm not surprised in hindsight that in the hot Queensland conditions, the Titans kind of wilted a little bit down the stretch. I think they just asked a little bit too much of some of their
1: best forwards. Yeah, uh, the, the bench was very thin. I mean, it's almost it's almost two hookers on the bench. Aaron Clark's played a lot of hooker for them in the past. So, yeah, not a lot of size on like, that bench, eh? No, not at all. Which was there, you're right, was there undoing later on when it just seems like the Dolphins just, they you know, sometimes when teams get a run, they're just steamrolling down the field every set. Oh, they, when they, they were they have, doing that when they have momentum. Mm, no but um they were firmly on the well no because this is quantum you just quantified it you explained why they were doing this is because the titans didn't have any size on their bench and they were tired which explains what happened it's not some sort of mystical phenomenon
2: i i defy you to watch this game and say there was not a mystical phenomenon at play that's <laughs> come a fair on, point come on, mate. A,
1: a wizard made robert jennings <laughs> not score that try um yeah, that was very funny. He's, he just, like, his controller disconnected. It was great. I loved it. Um, Yeah, the, the Titans looked fantastic in the first half. They were brilliant. I just don't under. I just don't. It, it can't just be tired. As well. Like, how much of this is mental? There's got to be part of it because they've had huge collapses in the
2: past. Yeah. Like, they've had two massive drops against the Broncos in the last two years where they were up by 20 points and things yeah. just totally went to shit. So, there's clearly something going on, but fuck knows what it is, mm. really. Like, this is a team that exists beyond the realms of good and evil, you know what I mean? This is just like raw, uncut rugby league paradox, you know, stuff going on. Like, I will watch every Titans game for the rest of the season. But if I was a Titans fan, I would be billing the club for therapy. Like,
1: yeah. It's great. Ugh. It was such an open, like both teams averaged more than 50 meters per set.
2: Unbelievable. I want Which, to give a quick shout out to Isaiah Katoa. I actually mm-hmm. thought this was his best game in first grade, which was good to see because he had a bit of a tough start. He got caught out defensively, I think for the Tino Fatsu Malawi try, um, but he was able to shrug that off and just seeing the composure that he goes to the line with, I've mentioned um, that the way that he's able to control the tempo of his running as he engages defenders. I've mentioned that a couple of times because it's something that really stands out, but, he just plays with a real calmness and a real sort of surety of, of, of of what he's going to execute. You know, he, he, to me, he plays with a a maturity that you really don't see very often in young halves. I was really quite impressed today and it was different things too. Like it was changing up his kicks um, late on and and, you know, he'd been sort of hunting a crossfield kick for a while and that he changed it up late in one set and he went for a grabber instead that was, that the hammer was really flying down on and the, and the fins forced a drop out of it or all the way that he was able to sort of do the Cam Munster thing and skip across field while still engaging defenders in the lead up to the Robert Jennings try, just really, really advanced stuff for such a young player, you know, I, and I, and, and they needed that sort of thing with O'Sullivan going down a few weeks ago. And I think he really mm-hmm. has stepped up, which is always really great to see when you, when a, when a kid's able to rise to that sort of level. Yeah,
1: I, I think we kind of said that because no one's expecting anything the Dolphins this year, it's like, wasn't the worst thing in the world for his career to have to just, to, by by force, by because of that injury, just basically being thrown the keys to an NRL team at 19. But it, I think so far he's handled it very with, with a maturity beyond his years, as you said.
2: Absolutely. Been very, very impressive.
1: Mm. Uh, we went to Campbelltown. Uh, what, what, the reason we were at West Leagues was, of course, because we were going to Campbelltown Stadium to see the West Tigers, and they actually led in a game with a few minutes left. And they really... They really did blow this one at the end. Well, they had their chances to win this one for sure. It's more just like, I feel like when in that set, after they took the lead, when they had that really good defensive set and Cheryvans kicked from about 25 meters out from his own line, I feel like at that point you've just got to be focusing on icing the game, getting through your sets. But I think they, they coughed the ball up on like the second tackle after that. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. So while it would be incredibly frustrating to lose this game, because they have lost so many bloody games this year, this one did feel a little bit different to me. It didn't feel like the Easter Monday game where, yeah, they were, yeah, they came close to winning, but it felt like no one cared. Like there was a real sort of vibe out at Campbelltown today, and you could feel the crowd trying so, so hard and really, really pushing to try and get their boys over the line. And they didn't quite get there. But for the first time in a good couple of weeks, I feel like there were... Things to actually like about the way the Tigers played. I thought Jareen Buller at fullback had some really nice moments. It's clear that he's got he's got a bit he's got some game in him, um, and he's someone that's going to be worth persisting with. So that's really good. Um, I thought Api Correia probably had his best game of the season. He's been trying really hard. I've said a few times in this that he's just trying every trick he knows, but I just felt like he had a little bit more success this time. So that's really. Good to see. I think Utoi Kamanu had hit properly his best game of the season, ran down Tom Truboy. Chased
1: down Tom Tabovic on that first who didn't, who on that didn't first the manly game of try,
2: which was crazy. Um but yeah, I feel like there's there was actually building blocks for the Tigers in this one, which is more than you can say for a lot of their matches this year. So yeah,
1: if you're looking for a silver
2: lining, I guess that's it.
1: I they're all lined out, I think. They all lined like, out. Well, honestly, like would they
2: take a like, bronze lining at this point? I,
1: Maybe, but yeah, it's like, it's, it's round the eight. Copper yes, I, I agree with everything you said, but if you're a fan of the, this team, it's like moral victories aren't enough at this point. Like, fuck Oh me. no, of course not. But like, and I'm not this... saying that's what you're saying. I'm just saying like, just win the yeah, fucking game yeah. guys. But Jesus at this point, Christ. like
2: at this point, I'd be looking for anything
1: The whole on to. You like know? again, like you put the stats, they had 500 more meters than Manly, a hundred more post contact meters, 10 more tackle breaks, average seven meters per set more and lost. It's just terrible. Like, yeah. I, I just don't understand. Like, it just felt, and, and there's, there's a video going around of pe- people saying apparently Saab knocked on on that last try, but it didn't look like it to me. I think people are just yeah sort of looking for something to yell at, but I don't know, man. Like, the, it was because they started the game really brightly, the Tigers, but then, like, you you jokingly said when they turned the ball over 10 meters out from Manley's line, when after the first five minutes, one set, boys. And then Manly genuinely did just Manly go 90 meters and <laughs> scored off the set. And it's like, fuck me. The entire game, the entire opening stanza has been has been <laughs> camped down that end of the field. And you give them the ball once and they march know. 90 meters and score a try. Just and they... And then a, sal- a, a saloon passage for Olukuwatu for that second one. And then the third one just looked far too easy. It was really the first time they they tried, because Sherry Evans' radar kicking wise was really bad. In yeah, the first had a, half had a shocker
2: game. today. The G, they were coming off the boot bad. And you could really tell why. Yeah, so yeah. It just wasn't hitting them. It wasn't timing them well at all.
1: And he tried to drill that like low one across the field uh, late in the first half, if you remember. And he yeah. just like, kicked it straight to a Tigers player. Very strange, but really. he nailed that last one to Saab, who in the conditions, I think did really well to come down with that and score. But.
2: Well, I, so Saab, someone who sort of cops the cops, the Vlando ball treatment a little bit that like, he was good then, but he hasn't really been good since that. It was quite funny today when Trubojevic and Saab linked up down the side and made about 30 meters and pup camped and just screamed out Vlando ball for no reason mm. whatsoever. Good. Just letting people know how it was. But I actually thought Saab had quite a good game in this one, you know, like that try that he scored at the end. That's a try that, it, but that's a play that's almost impossible to defend if the kick's all right and he gets yeah. a good shot at it he's eight foot tall you know and it's good to see him put it together a little bit this i i still can't work manly out i eh? no, i just I just can't do it they very nearly got done today they were, they were they were lucky to escape they should have lost the way they, they did man. you know but they just looked really sloppy schuster was probably pretty poor on return from um from injury they, completed, they only again, com- but...
1: completed two thirds of their sets. They were pretty bad.
2: Yeah. But the big one for them, of course, is Trubojevic and what's going to yeah, happen. So
1: then. this Sunday night when we're recording, we don't know what's wrong with him yet, but he did hobble off right in front of us. He looked pretty ginger. So looks like it'd probably be a couple of weeks at the very least, you'd imagine.
2: Yeah. It's a it's a funny one because he had that back thing last week in the lead up to the Storm game and people were like, is he going to play? Is he going to play? What's going to happen? And then this one, I think they're saying early that it's a groin, a groin injury. I think he yes. just got twisted up in the wet conditions or something like that. But he pulled up lame and, and you could sort of see it straight away that he was pretty ginger. And of course, they're going to be really careful with him, given his injury history with his hamstrings. But it's like, if he's out for a while, then who knows? Like, well, I can't get a read on Manly regardless. How can you get a read on him or, or know what to expect if, if, if he goes down again?
1: Yeah, no, uh, absolutely not. I think they're kind of screwed if he goes down <laughs> again. Oh, yeah, of but, course. Like, but uh, I was just trying to find a nice way to say it. Yeah, no, yeah, which is fine. Yeah, it's it's weird though that it's not it, it, it's it if it's a groin issue and the back thing as you mentioned, like it's not it's not recurring injuries that he's had before. It's it's a it's just another different thing, which I guess is that worse? Is it better? I don't really know. I'm not a doctor.
2: Am, am I NRL physio? What no, is this?
1: Like, let's get him on the phone. Get him on the blower. Yeah, he'll sort it out. Well, but yeah, he's, um, he's
2: probably he's probably like doing doing shirtless push ups in the bar of Redcliffe Leagues Club right now. So he is indisposed at this
1: time. Yeah. Uh, what did he say? Uh, he he did tweet about this already. Obviously, um, Tom failed to finish the game today after suffering a left groin injury. Minor groin strain is usually not a major concern, often day to day. But takes on new meaning with the smoke and mirrors around the hit pointer slash back spasms from a few weeks ago. Yep. Yeah. Well, by but, but, but th- we're
2: recording this Sunday night. By the time this comes out Monday morning, there'll probably be some info yeah. around. So, so I'm not be more spending informed than we any
1: are. more time on it.
2: That's right. Re- <laughs> because <laughs> um, every few up. minutes, the Titans are blowing a record leading <laughs> exactly Queensland. right.
1: They've got, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is there like a gold coast equivalent of Bob Carter they could just get in there and they'll sort yeah, him out? Yeah,
2: pa- Clive Palmer.
1: Nah, but Bob Carter's like funny.
2: Well, I know, but like not all Maverick politicians can be funny, dude. Oh. Some of them have to be deeply troubling and very stupid.
1: Oh, all right.
2: You got know, to balance it out, you know.
1: Mm. More funny politicians, please. Whoever's the funniest should be prime minister. The, fu- <laughs> the funniest one. Should Elections get to-
2: Elections replaced by a nationwide season of Last
1: Comic Standing. Mate, Last Comic Standing underrated show. Jay Moore hosting back in the day. People don't well, forget.
2: Hang on. Like at, at what point would Paul Fat Man be be appointed president for life?
1: I'll tell you what he's on. He's on. He's on my bracket. He's making the. He's making the final four. You would in, have bra- in Bungard Land.
2: You would. You would have a
1: bracket, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, this is the review show, and yet we have two
2: games to. Preview, I oh, know.
1: Look at look is that. Aloud
2: breaking all the rules, yeah. Well, Podcasting of course, above the law.
1: There are two games coming up on Tuesday. It is Anzac Day. Um, uh, and first of all, we've got the Roosters, the first Anzac Day at the new stadium. So, like, we keep ticking off all these the first things at the new stadium. This is like the last big one for them, the first Anzac Day at Allianz Stadium. So, we'll both be there. I'm very excited. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really special day. Like, Anzac Day, the Anzac Day games are
2: always are pretty. Special day, it's always got a really great atmosphere, you know, not just, not just in the ground, but sort of a, in the city around the ground in the lead up to it's, it's one of my favorite footy days of the year, but I think because it is going to, it's in the new stadium, which again is a great ground. I can't stress that enough. And it's a sellout. It was sold out a couple of days ago. So I think it's got the potential to be a really, a bit of a classic encounter. I think the last, when was the last, the last Anzac day game at the stadium, was it the Mitchell Pierce one where he kicked that field goal?
1: Was that or was 18 or 19? More? um the field goal um, was 18 i'm pretty sure okay well they're probably the last game the yeah, last well, game nine, there before nine, the rebuild was the 18 prelim so yes. yeah
2: cool so the last the last yeah. anzac again there was was the pierce field goal game and i i'm hoping that we do get another sort of classic encounter but from a footy pure footy perspective the big one out of this is, is how the roosters go with manu and kiri in the halves and i i, I think like manu would you know such a strong running presence and all that and i'm hoping that if he his ability to sort of play direct and play through the line can sort of open things up for them a little bit wider but i am concerned about kiri at seven i've never really liked him there you've never really liked him there you saw him close when him and cody walker in the halves were south and that's proof that like just having two good players in the halves doesn't always work
1: oh actually there was one more i remember because we were at uh we were at um What's that pl- place in Glebe that we hate? The Tox Death and the Dragons won comfortably. So the PSV goal was twenty seventeen. Ah, uh, okay. Well, it. Dragons twenty four, Roosters eight was the oh, last that's right. I the one. I remember that one.
2: Tarek Sims had a blinder as well. Yeah, right, yeah. That's yeah, we'll, yeah, right. That's right. We'll we'll fix it in post.
1: No, there's nothing to fix. It's just I'm sure there's like three people that are mad that we said the <laughs> penultimate ANZAC Day game at the old stadium was actually the ultimate game at the old stadium.
2: But you got to use penultimate. That's always yeah. It's always a good day.
1: That you know. is, it's a great word. Yeah, it, great, it, great, great
2: uh, word. it's hard. It's hard to get too arced up about what Saints are doing at the minute. It feels like they're starting to just That's run out. True. Of until there's some changes um, with the coach or whatever. But yeah, so I've, I've really got my eye with, on the Roosters in this one and, it's, and seeing if some of those attacking issues are alleviated by Sam Walker playing Reggie's. I think Walker played Reggie's earlier today. Um, set up a try, kicked a couple of goals. The Roosters New South Wales Cup team hasn't been going all that great, um, but. Yeah. I, I think I think he'll be back in first grade in a couple of weeks, but it could really just depend on how they look without him. So that's what I'll really have my eye on for this one.
1: Yeah. And they need it now with, with you know, I just think that they've really, really been lacking on those edges for a while now and getting him back in will be huge. Gigantic, some would say, but yeah, it's, it's tough to get, I mean, I think Rooster's fans are a bit pessimistic about the current situation and it's extremely to...
2: aren't they gee they're down on the team.
1: yeah I, I i don't know whether it's like they're just so used to success that just having a slight uh trial and or tribulation is, is such a is is this so harrowing for them but yeah they're they're miserable this week about the kiri walker situation
2: why is it that you like you only ever hear the word tribulation used in
1: a trial? trials and tribulation yeah.
2: context like can you have a tribulation without a trial
1: I don't know what a tribulation is, so I can't answer that question. Mm, but, the, well, this is very tribulating to me right now. I'll say that much for free. Let's bring it back. Okay, let's start using tribulation in 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 the context of this podcast. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I think despite everything that's going on with the Roosters, they should probably have enough to win this game. Saints are kind yeah. of pottering along. We did mention that the Bulldogs are second last. That is only because uh, the Dragons have had a buy, So they actually have two more points. The Dragons, if there was no buy points, would currently be second last. Yeah. I'm, I'm, ta- I'm
2: taking, I'm taking East in this one. I I, th- I think they do it. I don't know what kind am of, I don't know if I'm confident enough in them to say they'll do it in style. Yeah. But hopefully the big occasion sort of ramps them up a little bit and they play with a little bit of
1: juice, you know? Yeah. And then capping off uh, Anzac day and Anzac round, we've got uh, the, the Warriors storm game in Melbourne again. Um, yeah, look, this game last year, Camper, you and I watched the end of it at, at uh, Molly Malone's uh, around the corner from Central as we watched in awe as the, the storm hung 70 it's not, on the Warriors. It's not often that you get to
2: see a murder live on, on broadcast television, but and yet, I do think things will be a little bit different this time around. Wait, wait, wait a minute. What's that? What What, what is this? Who who is this? Oh, oh my God. Hey, it's it's Martin J. Gabor. It's Martin Journalism Gabor. Has he been behind my
1: couch since Friday?
2: (laughs) Unbelievable. He's crawled from the depths whence he came. Marty, how the hell are you?
0: Glad you're dropping some Lord of the Rings references straight off the bat. Uh, I'm outstanding. Found an old packet of Maltese. I don't know what they were doing back there, Bungard. But, yes. They've been I...
2: down there a while because Maltesers are not vegan.
0: Yeah, my wife does love Maltesers. <laughs> so though, they've been so sitting there since like
2: them. 2016. They're finally aged Maltesers. That's mate. that's true. If they're my Maltesers,
1: they uh, you should not have eaten those.
0: <laughs> I will eat any Malteser. I don't care what color. I have, <laughs> I have being ingested, you can't get rid of me, fellas. What what, co- what
1: was it? What color was the outside of the Malteser at this point? Would you say beige? Uh,
0: well, Translucent. No, was it? it was was the, it? It was a pale pink. Um abuse. Abuse yes. perhaps. <laughs> yes, but you can't get rid of me, fellas. I am like Barney Gumble to your Yeah. Mom. You think so we,
1: you are, of course, a diehard storm fan, so we thought if we're gonna have you on a Friday to talk about a bunch of games not involving the storm, may as well have you on for a few minutes just to rattle off a storm preview here. Uh as we just mentioned, the last time they played the the last time they had the Warriors hung seventy on them. Uh are you hoping for seventy one?
0: 71, you know what, I'll even take 68 or 69, but uh, I didn't want to drop that joke uh, just yet. Um, look, this is always my favourite game of the year, Anzac Day, and every time we play the Warriors because the same old line gets trotted out and it's one of my favourites And said, the Warriors
1: always give the storm. I was guilty of this last week on the show, yes.
0: Look, well, m- many people are, uh, Matthew, and uh, here's a fun fact, though. Storm have won 13 in a row against yeah. the Warriors. As you mentioned, 70 points in this corresponding clash let's, of last year. Let's, but, let's, but, let's buttress those fun facts yeah. with a couple
2: more. So it's 13 in a row. The Warriors haven't beaten the Storm in eight years the last time they beat him was the nathan friend through the legs back was that last eight game. years ago that was eight years ago Bungo. i don't like this i don't like that the <laughs> mid 2010s are not
1: like yesterday anymore
2: yeah they haven't the warriors haven't beaten him on anzac day in nine years i think that's the only anzac day when they've ever had over the storm and they've only beaten three times in the last 12 years so if you if, like if you see anyone out on the streets on anzac day saying <laughs> oh you know the warriors always give the storm a good run you slap him in the face mm. and you say that's from Martin J Gabor, bro. That's because, you know, the, the J stands for journalism because he does his research. You to so learn
0: from him. Exactly right. Uh, it's going to be interesting, this one. Um, I don't think we are going to be seeing Nelson Arceva-Solomona putting up bombs uh, on the last tackle to set up tries like we did last year, although... He's back, so maybe he's going to bring the kick back as well because they kind of missed it last week against Manly, I thought they were really, really outplayed in the middle. They missed a big boy like him. And with Tui Kamakamita suspended, really good timing to have someone like Nas back in the team. I really didn't think I'd say this in 2022, but I'm going to say it now. I'm really happy that Nick Meany is back at fullback for the Storm. I, I thought and I hoped that Cameron Munster would kill it. Um, He usually does when he shifts back to fullback. He was really great there when he stepped in at times late last season, but it kind of went missing against Manly, and a lot of that was down to DC's kicking, the wet conditions, and the Storm kind of getting bashed up in the middle. But he was held to a season-low 92 metres. That left edge kind of went missing, which is a real shame because yeah, Swarmba really um, – well, the combo is definitely building with him. Trent Leroux, obviously he knows his work a long time with Justin Orden and, and Xavier Coates. So I think him going back there helps, and also the goal-kicking helps. I, I was worried going into that game last week because I think yeah. goal-kicking is like 55%. It is just awful. And, and Nick Meaney has been sneaky good with the boot this season – I'd like to see a lot more as well on the right edge. I know he missed a couple of games with suspension, but I just don't think Jerome Hughes has been as good this season as he has been in the past. He'd formed a really nice little combination with Remus Smith on that right edge before Remus um, suffered those peck injuries last season, but haven't really seen much of that good ball. Smith actually hasn't scored a try yet this season. though they're very left-edge dominant. Um, look, will, it, will they score 70 points, Bungard? No, I don't, don't think they will. <laughs> they well, st-
2: uh, brave of you to say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exclusive uh, bombshell. Uh, look, if they score 30, I'll be stoked. Uh, even that might be tough because, as we know, the Warriors just don't make it easy for you. They defend well, they don't give away the penalties and drop what they used to in the past. They've got a former Storm legend. And I'm not talking about Chance, it's Torhu Harris holding that middle together, both attack and defense. He could come back to haunt the mighty lads from Melbourne.
2: So I, as as people who've listened to the show will know, Toby Harris is my boyfriend, and I've mentioned him on every single show this year, except for the Friday show with Marty Gabor, purely because mm. we didn't preview the Warriors game on that one. Um, and yeah, so rang me. He wasn't happy about it, man. He thought I stopped that's, loving it. He was but could, right to do it, but I could never stop loving. Tohu Harris, you know, and I've, I'm glad that you hit on that, Marty, because I think that's Melbourne, that's Melbourne's, that's the Warriors path to victory in this game. If they just keep doing the things they've been doing so well through the course of this season, if they keep controlling the middle third of the field with Vanua Blake, um, and Harris sort of leading the way, if they keep, um defending really well, which they've done nearly all season, especially last week when they put themselves under so much pressure with their errors, but managed to keep their line relatively intact. And if they just keep taking their attacking chances as they come, which Sean Johnson has shown a great ability to do this year, I, I think the Warriors are really in with a shot in this one. Um, I stopped short of of, of tipping them um, just because I think they might struggle a little bit just with Freddie Lussick playing out of nine and, and not having Wade Egan there. And as good as Dylan Walker was last week i think it's a bit much to expect a lot of creativity from him two weeks in a row um but i i I really give them i really give them a shot in this i I can definitely see this one coming down to the last 10 minutes you know in a real close game and the form sean johnson's in at the minute like i don't know if you guys have heard but it's his year it is and when it's your year and the games are close things Mm. go your way so it wouldn't shock me at all if the warriors end up breaking that streak of of long outs in Melbourne, but I guess why would it shock Because they always play hmm. the Storm so well, don't
1: they? They play them tough, but I I think the Storm are going to win this one. Well,
0: thank you. That's good. But finally, some confidence about
1: the about the plucky plucky team. From oh, now. the plucky underdogs. The the. <laughs>
2: It's been so such a tough few weeks. I have been in bed. the press box with Marty at Melbourne Games, where they have been up by forty and conceded a try, and he has said, "Oh, we're winning the spoon. It's over." He's worse. He's <laughs> fucking worse than me. Like, honestly, wow, that's yeah, that's saying. Yeah, something. I know, I know, man. It's that
0: anti-storm New South Wales Sydney media bias that you boys bring. It's, it's just... you, where
1: Anthony, where'd you go to school again? Uh, homebush.
2: If only, yeah, if nice. only, if only somebody who worked at the biggest media company on the entire fucking planet. Could take control and win back win back something for those humble little lads south of the border. If only someone yeah. flipped the
1: script. If only someone had that power. Do you know anyone mm. like that, Bungard? Oh, you do have me for ESPN. <laughs> so yeah, I do. I'm not gonna use I'm not gonna wield it though.
0: Do your job, Bungard. Come on, mate.
1: <laughs> All right, Marty, get back under that couch. Get out of here. Link, <laughs> so long, bury you. him bury bury him under some bones and pillars.
0: <laughs> See if there are any starboards. Go
2: hunt for more puce maltes.
1: <laughs> Oh, I'm definitely calling the show small Maltesers.
0: Semi-Ranrandra <laughs> trying the chip and chase. Oh, no, it's Semi-Radra. And Radradra is away. Semi-Radra. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will. Yes. Semi-Ranrandra. Oh, he's absolutely buried it. Rantrandra.
1: All right, not uh, too much news. I'm sure some big story will happen like an hour after I publish this podcast, as has been happening like all bloody year. But uh, fracker in the tunnel, Nick. A uh, uh, some fisticuffs between Josh Alloyer and Brandon Wakeham. Yes, yeah, so apparently. Disgusting.
2: <laughs> apparently um, Wakem and Alloyer got into it in the sheds after the match, about an hour after the game, because Alloyer took a, took exception to wake him giving manly debutante um, Samuel Afainu a bit of a spray after Stafford Tull went past him to score the go-ahead try for the Tigers. Um, I can understand wanting to stand up for a debutante. I can understand, you know, wanting to look after one of the younger guys in the team, but surely this sort of thing just stays on the field, you know? Like, yeah, I,
1: it's a bit extreme, I think, to be firing up an hour it's a after weird, the match. Yeah, it's a, it's not like I mean we don't know what was said. Maybe something yeah. very, very over the line was said. But if it's just your garden variety spray, it seems a yeah. very weird thing. If it's just to nice tackle, mate. Of. Like, yeah, good read, <laughs> dickhead. Like, yeah, you can't be, can be starting fracas after the game. Can't do it. No, but though, they happen. did do it.
2: <laughs> they, are Why don't breaking they all,
1: breaking all the rules, bro? Why don't they settle this with a boxing match? Which will well, bill as being four three-minute rounds, and then it will become two three-minute rounds, and then it will become two two-minute rounds, and then okay. I will pull out did of the you fight. See,
2: did you see in Japan the other week, Bob Sapp, do you know who Bob Sap is? Yes. So Bob Sap, who's swatowski in the longest yard. So the guy he broke did my nose. That's Bob How is Sapp, he still right?
1: fighting? Isn't he like 50?
2: Him and Quentin Rampage Jackson, a former oh, UFC champion. Oh, God. Right? They were, this is not a joke. They were uh, sort of strapped together and put in a comically large t shirt where okay. one of them, one like each of them had one arm filling the shirt. So they're like one extremely large I, person. I've pulled
1: this up now. And they that made them talking. fight
2: someone like that.
1: Okay. So uh, it's two, it's
2: two men, two men tied together fighting a third person. Do you? Th-
1: <laughs> what? I'm looking so, at this now. This is insane.
2: I bring this up because Brandon Wakem should be able to choose a West Tigers teammate who okay. is strapped to him. And then they fight Josh Alloyer. That's what I want.
1: Yep. I think that, that, but they have to find a comically. It has to be a jersey, a very large West a Tigers very, jersey, a very
2: large West Tigers. Oh, no, you know what it is—a West jersey and a Balmain jersey stitched together.
1: Yep, perfect. You've, you've nailed that. And 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 for the manly side, it's a it's a manly jersey and a Northern Eagles jersey.
2: Well, stitched it's together. just it's just Josh Alloa. It's just. Oh, he doesn't get. He through. doesn't
1: get Finu as his partner.
2: He doesn't get Finu as his partner because no, oh. Fine is a giant. <laughs> he was I don't, a large. Yeah, I don't know so if they make jerseys big enough.
1: It was cool though, just on final, like his his family, I think, was sitting in front of us. They had a massive uh, yeah, banner a big that they were of them out in,
2: there. They had banners and around. shirts made and stuff. They were so excited. It was really, really yeah. cool. It
1: was love, good. love,
2: love, love. Emotional families of NRLW debutantes. Some of my yeah. favorite. I mean, in
1: it was a very, it was a very, very well done sign. It was no Dean written in texter, but it was still pretty good.
2: No, it was yeah. Prof- they've had they've had it waiting for a while. They knew this mm. taboo was
1: coming. It was really good stuff um and yeah uh we we mentioned the suspensions for haas and ma'am earlier um yeah i got nothing else you got any other news um personal or professional either the answer for both is no oh okay well that's uh, (laughs) a way to keep me guessing i guess yeah all right well but before we get out here i'm gonna give a shout out to the people in the top two tiers on our patreon subscription service uh, if you go to patreon.com forward slash general urban rookies, uh, you will get a third podcast every single week in addition to access to our Discord server, uh, merchandise discounts, uh, and a bunch of other stuff as well. Oh, and of course, uh, you can nominate a guy for what about this guy. So, you know, that, that, that alone segment. should be enough. That, it yeah. really
2: should be. If you're not doing it by now, I don't know how to help you.
1: Exactly. If I and see thank you, you, you on the
2: street, I'll hip drop you.
1: <laughs> That's fair. He doesn't know what hip drop is, but he's going to try.
2: Oh, but I'm going to do it. It's going to happen.
1: Yep. Yeah. It's when hips you drop gonna, your hips. Hips are going to be dropped. Yeah, that's what it is. So when you drop your hip. It's so simple. That's right.
2: Yep. One sip and you're dropping the hip.
1: That's right. And thank you to Chris Abnell, Dave, Rocky and Rafi Stu, Talakai, Tamed Manu, Alex Sergi Comey, Butsy, Chewbacca Snuffleupagus, Dan Cullinane, David, Doc Hogg, and Anonymous Backer, Ed Burton, Frankie Horsborough, Scoresborough, Jace Felix Farm, with Jason, Jez, Joel Wrigley, John, Josh Brandon, Outs out of the comp, Lachlan Hancock, Lifelong Dolphins fan. Isn't he having a time? Luke Charles Spidmore, Luke Ferguson, Maddie Jenkins Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Mr. Beefy, Morgan Watkins, my team's benches, your team's marquee, my ding-ding-dong is hard and I am sad, never trendy, Pat McManus, Ray Stone, Gossard, Reese Brown, Robert Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Shunter, Ty, TB, The Black Vegetable, Thor, Tom Hardy, Was, and Westlice podcast. Thank you so much for your support to everyone in the loyalties and to everyone who just listens. Thank you as well.
2: If I was Peter Volandis, I would get all the people on mm. that list into a room and have them hash out the definition of a hip drop because you've just listed the finest rugby league minds. That's in the right. World. The sharp, and you the sharp. You, you can buy your way onto that list. They say you can't buy credibility. That's not true. You have that opportunity in front of you right now.
1: You do one opportunity. Actually, you have like a lot of opportunities. You can basically do it whenever you feel like. So. Exactly.
2: Yeah. yeah. I understand what you were going for there, but yeah, mm. that was a real tribulation. Yeah, I, didn't, I
1: didn't want to, I didn't want to confuse people in thinking that they have to do it today or never
2: put a ticking clock on them.
1: All right. I don't it. I've heard worse marketing yeah. strategies. We'll all be right. back
2: on Wednesday with the questions show, yeah, and then we'll yep. be back on Friday again to review Anzac. Well, maybe games, Thursday night, who knows? All... Keep your guesses, bro. We're we
1: don't flexible. Know. It's we like could... a hip drop. We don't know. We don't. know. We have no idea. <laughs> the hip drop <laughs> of podcasts. Anything could happen. It's like the Gold Coast Titans. Anything could happen. We don't know. Uh, it, for better and for worse. The only thing that's really certain is there'll worse. be a podcast. We don't know when it was come out. We don't know. It might be, might be a pop culture podcast by Friday. It might be a. <laughs> Might be a might be a podcast where you cosplay as your favorite character from Knights of the Old Republic. We don't know. Could oh, be what anywhere. a dream what a dream that would be. Let's actually do that podcast. Yeah, we'll yeah, we'll cut that out. We'll cut that out in post okay. so
2: people don't hit don't steal that trillion dollar idea off us.
1: All right. All right. Let's get out of here. Say goodbye, Campo.
2: See you, Bertrand. Thanks, guys.
1: <laughs> it's goodbye from me.